I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Like victory. G'day listeners, welcome back to Full Metal Movie Reviews, it's your host Samboy, and this week we're, we're doing another Full Metal Salute, we're saluting the career of an iconic, iconic filmmaker who is also a martial artist, who's also a singer, who's also a philanthropist, who's also an all-round good guy, it's the one, the only, Jackie Chan. Now, you, you do not get a Full Metal Salute. If you're a mediocre, never was, never has been, meh actor. You only get one of these if you've contributed significantly to the craft and the art of filmmaking. Um, so strap yourselves in, get a tea, get a coffee, as I am joined by Phony, and we discuss the career, the highlights, and some of the lowlights of the one and the only Jackie Chan. Phony, how are you? Mate, I'm great. I am so excited to finally sit down and talk about the Karate Kid 2010 with you. Oh my god, I've been waiting so long. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's definitely Jackie real. Chan. Jackie Chan, man. What can I say about Jackie Chan? Jackie Chan is the man with the plan. Sam, you and I both grew up with Jackie Chan. Like, seriously, in the 90s were all about Jackie. Jackie would pump out these movies. You know, we didn't get every single movie because obviously big in Hong Kong, big in China. You know, there's a lot of movies, but we would get any Jackie Chan movie that came out every year. Well, almost felt like every day there was a different Jackie Chan movie, right? Rumble in the Bronx, Who Am I, um, Mr. Nice Guy, and you know, the list goes on. And what can I say? You would sit down, you would just like watch this guy put his body on the line, nonstop action, stunt work. Um, yeah, I'll mention um, some stuff in the movie that I just sat down and watched a little bit of um, before I jumped on this podcast just to, you know, refresh my memory of my childhood. But Jackie Chan is just like, I don't know. I don't know. It, you know, there would be no childhood without Jackie Chan in my eyes. He was the best. Do you feel the same way? Do you feel the same way? Um, I feel that maybe just move your mic a bit away from your mouth because you're coming in hot, which is understandable because it's Jackie Chan. So I'm, I'm getting a bit of static, a bit of feedback, a bit of pitch. Um, but yes, I do feel the, 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 the same way, same sentiment. Um, so as a kid in Australia, um, you do, we didn't really get like a lot of good films on TV on public TV anyway. They they used to come out years later, um, and they used to, for whatever reason, be cut and edited to TV. And a lot of the good stuff was usually cut out. But what you did get is a channel a channel eight, which is called SBS Special Broadcast Service. They used to show a lot of old school kung fu films, and they show the Kung Fu late at night, during the day sometimes, um, but mostly on a Saturday night, late at night. And lo and behold, it was a lot of a lot of Kung Fu from the 70s. It wasn't a lot of like... And it wasn't good Kung Fu. We're not talking like Bruce Lee. We're talking... Shit. Uh, I don't know. What's that one? The Temple, the, fists, the 36 Fists of Fury, that sort of stuff. Where, I don't know, people might... Like, you know, that might be a bag and that might be something you're really into, but... It's, it's okay. Long story short, Jackie Chan was in some of those films. So then that sparked the interest and basically his best work got shown pretty much on SBS and then that fed into his work from the 80s 
So like we're talking police story, um, armor of God. Uh, I want to say probably. Just say project uh, project A. Uh, no, nah, I don't really remember that one. Um, uh, probably like being probably police story too. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> things like police story, police yeah. story two. Um, and then that when I grew up morphed into his ninety shit. So I feel like I had been with this guy pretty much at birth. And he's right. The 90s was the decade of Jackie Chan in this, terms of mainstream Sam, Western media. Sam, Sam, Sam. There's a few things that you're always guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, Jackie Chan. Um, yeah. And so we... Uh, that's kind of my, I guess... He was my... He was, he was like the late night babysitter. And I got to say, ultimately, my favorite period of Jackie Chan probably isn't the 80s it might be maybe like late 80s to about mid 90s is probably peak chan um because i want to say early 2000s eh, it's not great and late 2000s eh, it's not great and present day yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're coming from, man. Nah, like I agree with you 100. percent You know those those early 90s Jackie Chan, and then when he hit his peak, like um, when I, when I say peak, I mean like Western peak, so mainstream peak. You know, you're talking about your rush hours. He kind of like early 90s to say the very. I'll say very early 2000s with those, you know, the Rush Hours, the Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Noon movies. Um, that is definitely the golden age of Jackie Chan. I have, I do have a bit of his earlier work, um, like from the 70s, like the like the original Dr- Drunken Master, and I've got a stack of DVDs here, um, Snake on the Eagle's Shadow, and, you know, they're very much like a niche very much like a niche watch you know you got to be kind of into those old school kung fu movies a bit of like dragon ball dragon ball um style storytelling you know where you just walk around (laughs) out in the open field and people attack you and all of a sudden everyone knows kung fu and where'd you learn that who's your master and that type of stuff it's you know it's a very niche style product those uh those 80s so definitely i feel that the 90s movies you know, anyone can watch, anyone can watch. Some of them, you know, are dated, obviously, because um, of early 90s, but anyone can watch. You don't have to really be into Kung Fu. You don't have to be into any of that. He's found his own little nest of, like, comedy action that just translates generations. But definitely 90s to very early 2000s was his peak. And why did you, like, what... what brought you to Jackie Chan. For me, it's this style of uh, Kung Fu slash... Um, I guess... Yeah, I guess it's Kung Fu. But it's not necessarily... Um, like... Here's the thing I don't really like about Kung Fu movies, right? Especially the 70s ones. They take themselves too seriously. They really do. And mm-hmm. they're so campy and they're not really at all self-aware of how campy they're coming across. Jackie Chan for me is probably the first actor, stage performer, whatever, that embraced sort of a bit more of that camp and lightheartedness, um, and basically sort of made it more. I wouldn't say like comedic, but. Not so, like you said, who's your master? My master is this. This is a, you know, flying crane or whatever. It's like just, he's a man in the street. <laughs> he's going to, if he sees a bucket, he's going to use a bucket to fight. You know what I mean? He's going to take hits. Uh, yeah. He's not going to, it's not going to be so clean. It's, um. but then he'll have something like a comedic part of the fight where maybe he's like, I oh, know he's got the guy's shirt and he's pulled over his head and he's like spitting the guy around or something. It's like, almost like a dance sequence. And it's, it's something that, I find to be much more enjoyable um, than, say, the Jet Lees of the world and the Bruce Lees of the world because, I mean, I, I like that stuff, don't get me wrong, but this is like, I don't know, it's just like he's having fun and I'm having fun watching him. Yeah, so even with, um, it started coming out in that movie I mentioned, the um, Snake on the Eagle 
Oh my goodness, it's such a long title, Snake on the Eagle's Shadow. Um, he he brings that comedy element, you know, still got that traditional kung fu style, but he brings that comedy element and drunken master, you know, it, he's very, you're right, like uh, those old school kung fu movies are very much, you know, stop, stare, um, dramatic music going <laughs> constantly, and then an intense fight scene, which is amazing, but if that's not your brand, it's not going to be your brand. But Jackie, what he like, you're right. He gets into this fight. He gets his ass handed to him the majority of the time in his fight scenes. He will get his ass handed to him. Like, he but, barely gets through it. Like, like, he, like, he, every he, time, how many times do you see him just like after a fight? And he's just like, oh my God. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's like, I reckon half the time is because he is legit beat up. Like, especially, oh my God. And gassed out. He's always he's gassed, gassed out. Always gassed out. Like, he's he is amazing. He's ripped to shreds, and he definitely does things that. You and I would never, well, you know, definitely you would never be able to do, and definitely me too. I'm a realist. Come on, um, you know, he is a superhuman, but he he plays that everyday guy. You know, you anyone can relate to Jackie, and he's adorable. You know, what brought me to him is just like, I guess the the approachability. Like when you're young, I mean, when I was young, sorry, um, action stars like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, they appealed to me, but they weren't really something that I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to sit down and watch the next Schwarzenegger movie. You know, it was definitely like, oh, here's an attraction. But Jackie, well, I could watch him when I was one years old. I could watch him now that I'm 31 years old. So it's just yeah, far out. I don't know what else to say. Just those, watch a Jackie Chan fight scene. Watch his improv comedy style while he's fighting. Hmm. And... You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I did um, my year 11 speech, oral presentation on Jackie Chan. <laughs> um, <laughs> really? Yeah. I, um, and I did heaps of research on him. And there's two things that stuck with me to this day. Um, one, he, pre- he pretty much says, well, why, don't, why don't you use like CGI? Because this was about like, you know, in the mid 90s that everyone was doing CGI and yep. doing it poorly. Yep. Pretty much after T2, when Terminator 2 dropped CGI, that's probably like the starting point of CGI in film. And he basically said, "I don't. I'm not. You know, I don't need the special effect. I am the special effect. That's that's where his words to the effect. Um, and the way he choreographs, he choreographs all his stunt, all the stunt work on all his films. Well, I don't know about that now, but in the nineties, he definitely did. No, definitely nineties, um, yeah. And like, it's just like you just. You, I remember just watching a film, going, "Fuck, what am I going to see this time? What sequence or cool fight scenes am I going to watch now?" And it's not like. I guess it does look pretty hokey towards today's standards, but I don't really like shit like Jason Bourne where it's the camera's like guy's got Parkinson, you can't hold it straight, it's close in, you can't see the action, it's meant to be quick cuts, intense, a lot of grunting, a lot of like hits to the face sort of and grappling. With Jackie Chan, it's still cam. Um, it's kind of cut quick, not too quick, but you actually see the action. It's all mid shot. It's not. It's no close-ups and you see everything and i just think that's so much better because you can just take it in and then sometimes you'd re-watch the sequence and go, what the fuck how do you do that and you rewind it and go oh my god and the day of video like you used to do slow play um and you just re-watch like something in like i don't know at like point half of point five of speed or whatever and you can just see that like he's just the way he's doing things is it's it's pretty eloquent to be honest um and the other thing I like about him, to your point, is that Arnold Schwarzenegger's action star is a different type of action star. The other thing that stuck with me from that presentation in year 11 was um, the fact that he said, he, why, don't, why don't you use more guns in your movies? And he goes, I don't I don't like guns. I don't like what guns do to people. I like to see, use my fists because, you know, you can walk away from a fight with fists, but, you know, you can't walk away with a fight with a gun. And most of his movies, there are, I guess, the exceptions, but most of his movies, particularly like, now he's doing a lot of action films with like guns and shooting, but now, uh, but sorry, back then a lot of his stuff was probably had how would you say zero shooting at shootouts? Like, yeah, uh, besides uh, um, rush hour, like what had shootouts in it? Perfect, perfect example. Um, so I just sat down, as I said, I just watched you know a little bit of a Jackie Chan movie. So I, I chose Mr. Nice Guy, um, because it was filmed in Melbourne, and as we all know, we're from Australia, mate. So um, and Jackie Chan has a soft spot for Australia, just saying it's a great country. Um, well, Jackie Chan spent a couple. His parents li- uh, lived in Canberra, correct, 
Um, and that's how in Australia is what gave him his nickname Jackie because he, when he's at school, um, I think he went to go work for a lab. He was a laborer or, or a brickie, um, and um, his boss was also named Jack. So then they started calling him Little Jack, and that morphed into Jackie. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Bet you didn't. Told know you. That. I did a presentation. On it. I know the fool. Oh, yeah, you know, man. I know you're big Jackie Chan, Mark. Um, but as I was saying, uh, Mr. Nice Guy, right? So it's not one of the, you know, when people talk about Jackie Chan early 90s, Mr. Nice Guy is probably one of the ones you forget about. You go, oh, yeah. Um, so I'm watching this movie and I chuck it on, I jump on the treadmill. And I'm, and I'm rolling with the treadmill, right? And I look down and it's 12 minutes. Now, in 12 minutes, what has happened within 12 minutes is there's been um, a gang murder, um, character introduction of Jackie Chan on a cooking show, uh, a gang uh, gang shootout, um, some videotape getting stolen, a chase scene, and then they bump into Jackie Chan. So now we just said, oh, he doesn't really you know, use like guns. Now all the shootout stuff happened before Jackie came into play. When Jackie gets in there, there is a bit of gunplay. But he's all about not using the gun. So he disarms the gun. He throws the gun away. And then all of a sudden, all the violence happened happened between the bad guys. 12 minutes into the movie, today's standards, yeah, you're probably like, oh, think of the children. Don't watch this. Oh, this. Back then, we watched anything, ladies and gentlemen. But then he comes in. He comes into play, disarms everybody with his just his fists, his shirt, his, his, um, his shopping bag. Gets rid of everybody, gets rid of the guns, and goes old school Jackie Chan all within 12 minutes. And then the rest of the movie is all about his creativity. So when he's escaping the bad guys in um, in one of the malls of uh, Melbourne, he's using the escalator. He's instead of you know just grabbing a gun and shooting guys, he's using the escalator to go down the middle of it to slide down the middle of this escalator. Um, he's jumping from level to level by using like the barricade to jump off and bounce off things you know he's doing everything he can not to shoot somebody you know it was very rare to see jackie chan in his like peak actually kill somebody very rare you know it would have to be you know integral to the story for that to happen he just wasn't popping bad guys off left right and center you know it's just like no he's, he's, he's the opposite of uh, stallone and schwarzenegger um so maybe let's talk about his films then so um his style, we we like his style. We like his face. He's personable. He has one of those warming faces. He's adorable. Pretty much adorable. So he is, I think, a trained dancer. He was born in Hong Kong, and I want to say, I can't remember. I'm this is I'm literally. I'm not looking at Wikipedia. It's on top of my head. I'm pretty sure he was with like the Hong Kong, like he was some dance company with Hong Kong, and he was like, that's where he kind of morphed this sort of unique kung fu style of martial arts but with i guess eloquent movements and sequences so it's almost like a dance routine almost to a degree and he subsequently gets a lot of roles in the 70s um i'm just on those like i said just those you know shaolin monk kung fu you know snake and eagle sort of super crane black crane that sort of stuff very, you know, when when the when that whole the whole Hong Kong kung fu scene exploded in the seventies, he was a part of it. Um, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, Bruce Bruce Lee was the main man." Yeah, he was, but he in in Hong Kong, I'm telling you, Jackie Chan made like five movies a year in the seventies. He was bang, 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 knocking them out. Um, probably, I have to say, probably the most iconic film he made where he was the lead uh, was probably Drunken Master from the seventies. Uh, yeah. Which, in itself, I find is it's okay. Uh, I I I think it's a pretty dull affair for the most part. But the final fight, um, when is that? Oh shit! Is that or is that number two? Hey, well, if you think it's number two, it's when he has the fire and he's um drinks that alcohol and he starts breathing out fire. That's number two. I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah there you right. go. So that's right. Sorry. Okay, so I haven't seen I haven't seen Drunken Master one in, in years, um, but it's okay. I find it to be honest. I find it it's not the greatest. It's pretty. I find it overall it's a pretty dull affair. Um, but so 
that sort of in the eighties, that whole sort of kung fu stuff is sort of the pop, dipping in popularity. Um, so Bruce Lee was obviously passed. I think actually Jackie Chan did work on a, on a Bruce Lee film in the seventies. Yes, uh, yeah, he did. What so, was his last film? What was Bruce Lee's last film? Uh, oh, I'm not sure Bruce Lee's last film, but the Game film, the film, you, yeah, I think so. But the film you're yeah. talking about is uh, Enter Enter the Dragon, where he's a thug in prison, and uh, Bruce Lee snaps his neck. That's the um, that's that one. That's with uh, Bruce Lee, John Saxon. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. Um, I, I know I'm right. <laughs> uh, okay, and then the 80s, it kind of transitions to more modern day stuff. So the Hong Kong cinema, so it goes from the Kung Fu scene to modern day, right? Um, well, it, it's a slow progression, but it, it does eventually go there. And he launches his probably his most successful franchise to date in the 80s called Police Story. Now that, excuse me, is a mega hit in Hong Kong. Police Story 1 and 2 in the 80s is fucking dino. Everybody loves them. They're great films. They have a lot of great um, uh, uh, sequences in them. Um, but he also, in the 80s, gets his sort of first Hollywood film in Cannonball Run. So I'm not sure if anyone... It's, you guys will probably... Hopefully you're aware of it. If you're, if you're a fan of genre films and cult films, you'd know what Cannonball Run is. It's a, it's a comedy film based on a, on a massive sort of cross-country race with a lot of characters. Um, and he is... He's not in it for long, but he's in it, right? So he's starting to get a bit of traction. He's starting to become more of a main leading man. Um, so going from the background films or, the, or those kung fu films of the 70s, and he's now transitioning, transitioning to a main leading role. Um, he's a big, big name in Hong Kong. He's got a big franchise under his belt. But then he has a mega... A almost life-threatening accident in 1986, Armor of God. I'm pretty sure that's the film where he falls off a rock, a cliff face, and hits his head on a rock, and he's in a coma, bleeding brain. Um, he also directed that film, I'm also pretty sure, and he was also the stunt coordinator, and he comes back from that, slow recovery, but doesn't really miss a beat because he starts putting out a lot of, a lot of films in the 90s. So in the 90s, he transitions to more of a... Um, um, more. I guess, I guess he starts to refine that comedic sort of side of things. He launches in 92, uh, Police Story 3, Supercop. Now, this is the one that gets the West whispering. This is the one. This, In my opinion, is the best of the, of the series, Police Story 3. It kind of really starts to get the flickers going of, oh, yeah, maybe potentially this guy's can sort of... We can do something here in the West. So that is coming out in 92. Okay. 95, he gets probably his first real genuine breakthrough in the West. Uh, and it's called Rumble in the Bronx. Um, again, it's made in Hong Kong by Hong Kong Money. Dubbed in English. Released in English as well. Uh, I think it was a DVD release. That, like It wasn't a, a um, theater, theatrical release. But it was so popular, the traction of that is what launched his name across across the globe because this is sort of the time where VCRs were more commonplace. Uh, video stores are thriving. They were relatively cheap. You could get a new release for like maybe six bucks or a weekly for like a couple bucks, four bucks or something. Um, and with the help of video stores and that sort of you know take home 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 video whatever. His name, sort of, you know, everyone knows who he is at this stage. And I think everyone had done the um, get seven weeklies for like ten buck Jackie Chan marathon at least once a weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Now this sort of begins the sequence of films that are made by Hong Kong money, or sorry, yeah, produced by Hong Kong films, but then released as home video market and dubbed in English. So, as Phony mentioned, Mr. Nice Guy, Who Am I? Um, uh, Police Story 4, uh, Drunken Master 2, also, I think, but that might have been before all this, but I can't remember. Well, Dr- Drunken Master 2 was 94, but I, oh, well, I do remember being um, being a young lad in the yeah. early, early 2000s, and Drunken Master 2 hit my video store as a new release. So, mm, there you go. 
Um, and then in 98, um, he gets his big Hollywood break. Like, I'm talking big Hollywood break. You know the film, Rush Hour? Everybody knows the film. It was everywhere and anywhere in the 90s. I remember seeing this in the cinema. I remember seeing this on, I think um, I think you had the, the, the movie, the v- VHS. Oh, I'm not sure. I remember watching it with you heaps of times. Heaps. Um, basically... Like I'm telling you, if you're a kid of the 90s, you love this film, man. You watch this endlessly and relentlessly. It was so good. So good. And if you're a kid of the 90s, you're still watching this endlessly and relentlessly. You know? It's you get- generally like, the f- I don't really like the next two, but the first one is actually generally a really good film. Yeah. No, it's really good. It's really well paced. It's really well done. Chris- it has a good theme song. Everything. Chris Tucker as well. Like, um, he's just mm-hmm. not He's just not an Owen Wilson coward in this, you know. He, mm-hmm. he, he beats some people up, but he's a good comic relief. Nah, it's killer. I love it. Then um, he gets, I think, a Disney film, Mulan, that... that um, uh, the Disney film, Mulan, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he makes Shanghai Noon with Owen Wilson. And then he makes Rush Out 2, rah, rah, rah. So we're talking mid, uh, early 2000s. But then, guys, oof, oof. Do we see the... A pretty steep decline. So things happen, boys and girls. Things happen. So we heat up, and we and I'll, I'll be honest. He's making like pretty like in the early nineties and mid nineties. He was making pretty much more or less the same film, right? He's, he's a guy. Things happen to him. He fights his way out of it, right? And and most of the time, he's just like an an average guy, like a yeah. green a greengrocer cooking shit, like a chef, somebody. Yeah. He's just like really good at kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or he's a cop. There's, sometimes he's a cop, or sometimes he's a normal guy. Um, and then in these nineties, he starts doing really. He tries to act a bit and tries to explore, um, broaden his horizons to a degree. Um, Around the World in Eight Days. That was a horrific film. Um, Russia Three was pretty bad. I mean, Russia Two is bad, but Russia Three, the one in Paris, is yeah. That's just um. It happened. Uh, it was. A- oh, it made money, I guess, but it was. It's not a great film. Um, he then I want to say, oh, like shit, like the tuxedo, um, all that sort of stuff. All that I, I, really- I also want to mention as well, like there's films like The Medallion um, and also uh, Accidental Spy that were clearly just released. You know, I'm pretty sure they weren't US films, and they're clearly just released to capitalize on this US success. Perfect mm. example is in front of me. I just got a quick selection of Jackie Chan DVDs, um, and the Accidental Spy DVD cover on the front has Jackie Chan in a um, in a work shirt with a bunch of pens in his pocket, looking like one of the Revenge of the Nerds, punching a sign with um, a black guy who looks like Chris Tucker holding a mm. gun. Two attractive females behind him, one in lingerie, giving a shh with her finger, um, jet planes, people jumping out of parachutes. None of that relates to the movie at all. Yeah, mm. it's just it's just like, hey, here's this guy's really popular because of this movie. Let's make something that you're gonna watch and you know, put something that quite a few of those came out um in this time period as well that weren't the best quality, unfortunately. Mm. No. Um and he kind of so he comes from let's be honest B grade films cult films hits mainstream uh, success and then but pretty quickly maybe after eight years goes back to the B grade scene um, late two thousands it's yeah it's pretty rough um, and then then in the um, say two thousand ten fifteen whatever that whatever that two thousand tens are called the tens I guess. He starts to go back to the Hong Kong um, film uh, industry and make uh, Hollywood, uh, not Hollywood produced films, but Hong Kong films, films with Hong, based on Hong Kong money. And um, this is sort of coincides with, um, uh, I guess, the Chinese uh, cultural uh, movement where the Communist Party sort of increase its funding to the arts and uh, in particular cinema to take away from, I guess, Western influence through media. So they come up with their own. Um, so he's doing a lot of stuff that's more to, more to do with about, I guess, Chinese stories, Chinese histories, 
um, and Legends, and in particular the one he did do with Jet Li, I think it's called Sheed, uh, Forbidden Kingdom. Uh, he also did yep. a uh, like a, a World War One film, but from a Chinese perspective. Um, and as of two thousand, I don't know, like two thousand twenty, he's got a couple projects in the works. Um, he did a film in Sydney, I think, Bleeding Steel. Yeah, I saw, um, I saw that. That was a bit. I don't. Uh, people said it's people said it's horrific. It's uh, look. I'm not going to say it's horrific, but it's um. It's not good. Um, he also, you know, during all this, he would do the occasional team up with a Westerner. So he teamed up with Johnny Knoxville to mm-hmm. do the uh, the movie Skip Trace, which is another one that wasn't the best. Um, there's another movie, which again is in my pile of DVDs here of funny Jackie Chan covers, Kung Fu Yoga. Um, and on the front cover has Jackie Chan in a sports car with a lion in the front seat roaring at him. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of random stuff has been happening in Jackie Chan's career. <laughs> I mean, stage. there there are some sort of cool. I mean, like, let's be honest. He was white hot for us people who like cult films and B grow films. He was white hot in the nineties because he was just releasing pretty much the same film over and over again, right? Then he tries to expand his horizon, try different things, and kind of eh, goes out of the scope of being what is a B-grade film. Yeah. You know and what he, I mean? And on that like, note, even with um, something that brought him to the dance, this B-grade like police mm-hmm. story, he brought out a new police story, which you know mm-hmm. has one of the most drag-out, emotional, like, will beat you down. I guess it's an opening, because it happens in the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... It, it, hey... A for effort for trying different things. <laughs> oh, wait, which one? There's like Police Story 4 and there's like Police Story new, new, 2013. Nah, new, so, new Police Story. So, this was about, I think, 2004, 2005. Um, it is really dramatic. He loses oh, yeah. like a whole um, team based on his decision. Like, there's like, I don't know, like 10 deaths in a matter of like five minutes. It's like a massacre. And yeah. it, like, there's a scene of him pushing like a a wheelbarrow with these bodies trying to get all these bodies out um, before these explosions and a couple of bodies fall and he turns to grab them, but no, he has to run out before the explosion. And, you know, one's expecting a baby. The other one's getting married. You know, it's just real, like, cutthroat like, stuff. I'm pretty sure the police stories are six of them. I think uh... so. Ble- Bleeding still was rumored to be a part of that universe as well. Oh, gosh. Um... Well, to be honest, the only good ones are the first three, and number three is the best. Because um, I think even though, isn't like the 2013 one, whatever, that's a that's like meant to be the relaunch or like a of the franchise? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he does do Kung Fu Panda. I mean, I like the first Kung Fu Panda. I didn't mind it. Um, that came out. That came out in the 2000s. Uh, I haven't seen Kung Fu Panda 2 or 3, but I like the first one. I thought the first one was a cute little story. It does shit like The Karate Kid, which is horrific, that fucking remake. Um, hey, 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 hey. Jack it on. Jack it off. <laughs> you can jack it off right now. If you want to. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't like it, ladies. I don't like it. All right. No, I fucking can't stand it. Um, but ultimately, guys, you don't really... You don't... Same as, like, when people look at Bruce Campbell, right? You don't say, oh, man, all that guy did was make shitty films. No, no. He made films that some were good, some were bad. But for the most part, you've watched and you enjoyed immensely. And that's what Jackie Chan is. So Jackie Chan has probably got his filmography. He's got a body of work that is just fucking phenomenal. And it might not be, you know... Daniel Day-Lewis, it might not be um, Leonardo DiCaprio caliber of acting, but in terms of films that you can just sit down and enjoy and just fucking turn off the world for an hour and a half and just have a good time, you can't go wrong. So with that, phones, tell me, what. give me maybe like your five best ones and maybe a couple that you just say avoid. So, give us, uh, help our listeners out. He's got like a thousand movies. What are some of your best ones and what are some of sort of avoid? All right. All right. Some of my best ones is <clears throat> Rumble in the Bronx, Mr. Nice Guy, Who Am I? Um, I and then Rush Hour, um, Shanghai Noon, and 
Drunken Master 2, I believe. Uh, I do love the original Drunken Master as well. Don't get me wrong, but Drunken Master 2. All right, then some to avoid. Uh, <laughs> Skip Trace, uh, Kung Fu Yoga, or whatever the hell that was just called. Uh, the Tuxedo. Uh, though, I used to watch the Tuxedo a lot when I was a kid for some reason. I don't know. Um, uh, 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 sorry, sorry. The Forbidden Kingdom wasn't that bad. Karate Kid, yes, avoid it. And I will probably say... All right. The Foreigner. But I'm only saying this because if you're a diehard Jackie Chan fan, seeing Jackie Chan in The Foreigner is just heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. You just feel so sorry for the guy. What about you, Sam? Uh, all right, straight yourselves in. Um, so my list isn't too dissimilar. I'd say my probably favorite Jackie Chan movie is Police Story Three Supercop. Um, that's on Amazon Prime, and I suggest everyone really goes out of the way to to hunt that film down and watch it. It's I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but it's um probably got some of the best best fight sequences. I've maybe ever seen, pretty much. Um, it's set in Hong Kong, quite a lumpa, pretty much everywhere in Asia. Um, it's the rooftop fighting. Um, it's got everything you like. Um, there's a the the fight scene is on top of a speeding train. There's a sequence where the motorbike goes on top of the speeding train, like, and then jumps off. It's fucking phenomenal. It's truly the amount of effort and work that went into producing that film. Um, is you, you fucking just can't go wrong. Like it's amazing. It made a lot of money as well for a uh, home release. Um, so that's probably my that's probably Fine Police Story Three Supercop came out in '96. It's the best. Um, then probably close seconds. Um, these are probably probably pretty much interchangeable, but maybe depending on what you're in the mood for. So Police Story, uh, Police Force. I think that's number two. Police Force. Um. Oh, that could be number one, actually. Huh. I can't remember. Whichever one's Police Force. Um, that was probably... Uh, yeah, I think that's the first one, Police Force. Help me out here, phones. I'm on IMDb right now. Police Story 2 has just come up as Police Story 2. Okay, so then Police Story, maybe that's... Police Force is the first one. That's kind of... Yeah, like I said, that's the one that launched him, man. That's probably got the best plot he's ever been in terms of, like, swears and stuff. So that's really good. Um, check that out. So those are like cop stories, you know what I mean? Um, then you got Drunken Master 2, as Fanny said. That's got probably the best big boss fight he's ever done with the fire. Um, and <laughs> probably the best comedic fight too when he's on the goals and stuff. And you see his face, is like, whoa, fuck. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the... Um, I'm assuming you would have seen the same version that I've got, which is the uh, DVD version for, you know... No idea. But have you seen the ending, uh, the original ending? The brain damage ending. Have you seen that? No. All right. After this, I want you to jump on your phone, YouTube, um, Drunken Master, original ending, uh, Jackie Chan, um, (laughs) drinks himself silly to the point of brain damage. It is one of the most, like, you're like looking at his face and you're trying not to laugh because you're like, I shouldn't be laughing at this. Mm. And then you're like, oh, wait, he's fucked for life now. And you feel so bad right after. Because the original ending of Drunken Master, not the original, sorry, the one that we all saw, a abruptly ends so quickly they're like oh where is Wong Fei oh he's recovering from his fight okay cool take a photo ching and then it ends Hmm. well now you can know what happens after check it out you will not be disappointed in fact I'll link it to you right now nice that's awesome all right maybe um yeah send me that because I want to put that I'll put it in the the the, uh, description of the episode so people can, can find that um so, what I was talking about, Rumble in the Bronx, that's probably the one I've seen the most. I just watched that, love it. It's probably the first time we see the, or maybe not. Oh, fuck, I should really fact check this stuff because I don't want to be fucking pulled up on it. But it's got the post credit scenes of all the bloopers, the stunt bloopers. Um, and there's one stunt where he breaks his leg and he films the rest of the movie with the cast on, but it's got like a sock over it. It looks like a shoe. It's, it's he's, How? he's next level. How badass is that, seriously? Um... And it's a pretty basic story, really. Like, his father lives in the Bronx, and he's got a grocery store, and it's being terrorized by some punks, and Jackie Chan has to sort them out. Like, then 
amongst it, you got like the diamond, th- <laughs> diamond heist, and it's just like, yeah, it's cool. Um, Armor of God is got is 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 a good sort of solid kung fu film. Um, Who am I? I probably like that more than Mr. Nice Guy. Who am I? Similar story. It's about a special forces guy who gets double crossed in Africa. Um, but has amnesia and he's trying to piece it together. He's pretty much Jason Bourne before Jason Bourne. Who am so I? He's, it's essentially the same story. And what I love about it is how campy it is. Um, the fact that the special agent is called Jackie Chan. That, that's the other, that's the other <laughs> thing too. Um, and when he loses his name, they call him, who am I? As in like, who am I? But really quick. And it's not like a, Chinese thing or whatever. It's just literally they're just saying, "Who am I?" Really quick. <laughs> and like, but in all of these movies as well, like even um, Nice Guy, and in a lot of them, he is just listed as Jackie Chan or Jackie. Yeah, or Jackie. <laughs> it's the best. Like it's the, the best. best. It's the best. Um, uh, Rush Hour is yeah. Like I said, it's probably the fight scenes. Like you know what I'm talking about when I'm saying he does. He he knows how to choreograph a fight where it's comedic and also entertaining. It's like a dance sequence. It's like that pool scene when he, when um, Chris Tucker goes to see his drug lord cousin or whatever in that, in that <laughs> bar. And he's just, he's having that fight with all these people playing pool. Sorry. And he's just um, like, he's incorporating the pool cues and the bowls and the whole, the, the lights and the, it's just phenomenal. Like you're just thinking, what the fuck is this guy going to do next? And he's so innocent too. Like it's, it's, it, the fire breaks out because he's innocent. You know, and, he, and he's mm. just in, he's just in a bad bad time, wrong 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 place, wrong time, all that shit. It's, yeah. it's the best. Shanghai Noon, I liked. Uh, I know people probably don't really like that. I didn't like Shanghai Nights, but Shanghai Noon was I thought that was actually. Oh no, Shanghai funny. Shanghai Noon's a good good story, mate. Good story. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much the ones I I would strongly recommend. I, I I would strongly 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 recommend Police Story Three. Um, if you're not even a fan of the genre, you you still might find something you like in there because it is more of a, a cop sort of heist film, I guess, um, as opposed to being anything else. The uh, the rest are all because it's set in Hong Kong. You can kind of this might not make a lot of sense, but you can find a forgive kind of forgive the bad dubbing. Like um, Who Am I, for example? So that's set in South Africa and Holland, but. All the white guys are dubbed, and they all have a weird accent. Yeah, yeah. Same, same, same with Mister <laughs> Nice make Guy. Sense? Same with Mister Nice Guy. Everyone's dubbed, and it's just like they. It's set in Australia. They some of them like I don't even know what they are. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, you've got white people in this film, so why won't you just have them just say the lines in English and just use whatever they say? Um, because obviously everyone speak is speaking. Um, uh, uh, Cantonese, or, or I guess they, do they speak Cantonese in Hong Kong. I, or, or, forgive uh, me if I'm or Mandarin. I'm not sure. I'm, if I'm wrong, Cantonese, Cantonese in Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay. So I get the logic of Hong Kong films being dubbed in English, um, and then obviously Jackie Chan does his own dubbing, so that's like, well, that's fine. But uh, when they said it in like Australia or like uh, Europe or whatever, it's a bit weird that when they have European actors, they just don't have them then dub the lines. They then have like. Pretty much, I what I think is probably some dude in a Hong Kong studio speaking English dubbing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really bizarre. It's, it's the dubbing of it doesn't make sense. And then some guys aren't dubbed in sometimes as well. That's what even makes less sense. Particularly if it's like an old man, they can't get the voice. They probably just let that guy have his voice. Yeah, and and as well with Jackie Chan movies, like before the nineties, like he would get dubbed. Sometimes he'd get dubbed by this random actor because what he ended up doing is dubbing his own, overdubbing his own. Mm. With with his broken English, which was fine, mm, you know, but he, he would have this perfect, like, the original Drunken Masters, this perfect English-speaking guy talking for him, and you're just like, you're not my Jackie! Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. He, he actually, like, like, um, it's actually, in Rumble of the Bronx, it's not too bad, mm. but it's still weird. That, 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 the main guy, I forget, who's the main guy in Rumble of the Bronx, the villain, but he turns out to be his mate, um... Shit, uh, uh, Angelo, D'Angelo, is it Angelo? Hold on, man, two, two seconds, two seconds. You go find out. Anyway, he's got, this guy yeah. is not Angelo, have uh, Angelo, yeah, yeah. He has not have an Italian American accent. Doesn't have a Bronx accent. Doesn't have a New York accent. He's like, what the <laughs> hell is this? Is he like a? He's like, he's like, he's like almost oh, French. Chump. Yeah, he's like, he's like he's French. 
And it's, it's bizarre. It's, they all got weird. blue. Yeah. We're in the Bronx. Um, and even the guy that's the psycho in it that um steals the diamond. Ah, uh, what's his name with the blonde hair? Uh, He's got the weird voice in it too. Uh, uh, so. It's um. He's it. He's from. Yeah. Oh, Angelo. That is Angelo. Yeah. And oh, Tony's that is the Angelo. Boss. The, yeah, like Tony's Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so, just want to say. Oh, before we get on, okay, I, go, 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 go. I just want to finish the movies to avoid. So, those are the movies I'd say check ah. out. If I have to say avoid, I say pretty much anything from probably 2005 ish onwards. Um, yeah, probably stay away. Kung Fu Panda, yeah, for your kids, yeah, whatever, that's not an issue. But I'm saying for yourself as an adult, if you want to watch a, a good film that isn't tedious and doesn't like. The reason why the good Jackie, best Jackie Chan films are good is because they only go for an hour and a half and they're kind of just action, 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 end. For whatever reason, the ones in the 2000s just seem to go on for fucking forever. <laughs> so basically, I'd say anything from 2000... I would say 2006 onwards. Yeah. Pretty much I, that way. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Forbidden yeah. Kingdom, just watch it just to see Jackie Chan versus um, Jet Li. But, See, I don't think that payoff on that was that good. I don't. No, nah, honestly... it wasn't that great of a fight. It was a letdown. Nah. But I feel like everyone needs to watch it at least once, just that I feel, fight. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like it was anticlimactic. Anyway, so what were you going to say before? I just want to just throw out some just a quick fun fact. Um, if Jackie Chan has gone on record that he doesn't want to say fuck, right? Now there is a movie that Sam, you and I actually watch. I don't know if you remember. I can't remember who picked this up. One of us picked up a VHS. I think it was you from some video store or somewhere that was closing down. You just picked up all these cheap VHSs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me. Yeah. And you... Still at my parents, by the way. Oh, dude, we've got to get it. I've got to rip this again. Um, I do mean, you have a VHS? V- yeah, I've got a, I've got a VHS player. I've got a VHS player. All right, we can do it. Can oh, do it. my God. We've got to watch this. Um, the Protector um, is a Jackie Chan movie from way back when. Um, and uh, from, yeah, 1985. There's a scene in there, and I remember watching this, and... And Jackie Chan says, fuck. That's like, whoa, blew my mind. Because if you know Jackie Chan, he doesn't drop the F-bomb. He doesn't swear, however. He says shit sometimes, but only when it's important, doesn't drop the F-bomb. No. Doesn't drop the F-bomb. And and fun fact too, because I know we're going to wrap this up, um, I picked up a movie for (laughs) $1.85 called called Rumble in Hong Kong. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They yes, they, had, yeah. they had this bad habit. Yeah. They have this bad habit yeah. of getting old Jackie Chan movies, um, and then putting him right, getting an old photo of him too, like an older photo, putting it on the front cover, an explosion, Jackie Chan, and then it's before the Bronx there was Rumble in Hong Kong. There's nothing on the back, just a bit of text. Just so you know, Jackie Chan's credit in this is gang leader. He's an extra. He's in it for about 10 seconds. <laughs> so, hey, if you want a cheap movie, pick him up. Love Jackie Chan. Thank you for choosing, letting me, well, letting me pick this one for the Jackie Chan podcast. It's been great. My pleasure. All right. And let's maybe settle settle something. Ooh. Let's go out and put something to bed for once and for all. All right. Let's do it. As we wrap this podcast up, as we're celebrating the life and the success of a great filmmaker, Ant. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you right now. Asking me. You, the, your <laughs> future with this podcast depends on this answer. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Who's better, Jackie Chan or Jet Li? Jackie Chan. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> good. That's just even a question. You're right. Dude, but there was heat. There was genuine heat in the 90s. Like, if you were a Jackie Chan fan... You were considered a, uh, like a, childish. It was like yeah. Nintendo versus PlayStation, right? Yeah. If you if yeah. you like Nintendo sixty four and GameCube, you're a baby. But if you like PlayStation, Xbox, you're a real man. Yeah, I get it. But you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jet Li is fantastic, but he ain't no Jackie Chan. All right. Now, if you excuse me, Sam, <laughs> I got to order some sushi from Japan, and I got to go kick it like Jackie Chan. Yeah. <laughs> Jet Li. I like him. I, totally, I totally get it. I respect him, and do not get me wrong. I, I think he's a great martial artist and all that, but he is a different filmmaker. Oh flat yeah, out. Yeah. Um, and he had he some. Is, he had some good ones like Jackie did. Like in the early two thousands, 
there was that that wave of Jet Li movies where he team up with a famous rapper or musician, and mm. he would produce like these movies, um, uh, Romeo Must Die. Um, Romeo Must Die is a good film. That's a good that, movie, yeah. and it, like back to back, boom, 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 boom. And it was similar to Jackie Chan with Rumble in the Bronx and Mr. Nice Guy and all those. You know, like, Jet Li's freaking awesome. You know, he's just different. Jackie's he's just different. Jackie's but, better. Um, how old is Jackie Chan? He's he's older, though, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Jackie's older. Yeah. But um, Jet Li, like I said, uh, in, in the 90s, like you said, yeah, you're right. He's, he was more of the hardcore guy. Um, Kiss of the Dragon, that was a good film. Uh... Cradle of the Grave, yeah, it's not too bad. But I feel like his flame burnt twice as bright and then burnt out a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Because he, I think he did retire though, because he just could be, you know, too much. Just yeah, just basically almost killing, sick and tired of almost killing himself. Yeah. And his fights were modelled somewhat similar to Jackie Chan in that they used to use a lot of the scenery um, and this little chew up a lot of the scenery as well and use like mm. stuff. Um, but he, yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, I, you know, he was in fucking yeah, Expendables. That was all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I said, as I said, uh, Kiss of the Dragon, the one, yeah. uh, Romeo Must Die, uh, Lethal Weapon 4. Yeah, Lethal Weapon 4, he was, he was... I love Lethal Weapon 4 when they're like... They know, like, they just, fuck it, let's just leave this guy. Someone will pick him up. And they start to walk off and they look at each other and go, ah, oh, fuck. And they We're going to have to fight him. We're going to have to fight him. <laughs> We're going to have to fight him. <laughs> uh, you know, a fun, funny, funny thing, we're just, just looking at this. If you look at it, it's almost like The Forbidden Kingdom, 2008. And then after that, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon, Emperor... Um, you know, no, like the Expendables, the Expendables too. But it's just like both Jackie and Jet Li, it's almost like when they finally mm. crossed over, both of them just went <laughs> downhill, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Brendan Fraser. I think he's got some interesting films. Um, wicked, but not not that one. Yeah, that. I mean, that made, that one made a load of money, but I think that was a lot of um, Chinese money, Chinese box office is what that made. But that was also yeah. a lot of people going, hey, remember how good Brendan Fraser was in the first three mummies? Hmm. And they're going, oh, this is bad. Brendan Rage is a legit actor. He like he had um there's a film called The Quiet American, which he made, I think, after the mummies, based on the book, The Quiet American, funny enough. And it's mm. no joke. Like it's heavy duty stuff. Um I don't think it got that great a reception, but it was fucking a really good film. And um I don't know, I just feel like yeah, I don't know. Anyway, this is not the Brendan Fraser podcast, anyway. Well, that's later. That's later. That's, <laughs> that's, that's later. <laughs> this is Jackie Chan. We've gone on a tangent. All right, all right. Anyway, anyway. so we've given you a list of movies to check out. Hopefully yeah. you do. Um, if we can turn one listener to a Jackie Chan fan, I've done my job. Um, so as always, uh, listeners, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, um, I don't know, maybe Spotify, I guess. I don't know. Uh, ooh, 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 and Jackie Chan, really good singer. YouTube is songs. Yeah, YouTube is songs. Um uh, as always, Fanny, thanks for joining me, brother. Anytime, anytime. Loved it. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you down the road. See ya. <laughs>